0: Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash iFanboy.
1: This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast episode 406 brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you.
2: Welcome to oh. the I-Fanboy Pick of the
1: Week podcast, episode four.
2: Welcome to the Island of Mr.
1: Toys. My name is Conoco Patrick, and joining me are Josh Flanagan.
2: Hello.
1: And the strangely bearded Paul Montgomery. Hello. We are a fanboy We like comics. <laughs> Every week we read a bunch of comics, one of us picks the best book they read. We call that the Pick of the Week. Wish yeah. I'd done that.
0: <laughs> we also talk about
1: other books on the podcast, other books on the week, other topics of interest, emails and voicemails and all kinds of fun and goofy nonsense. Before we get to the show, quick reminder and a warning. It's a spoiler-filled show. See, you haven't read the books, come back. Pause the show. It's a lady! Everyone will be happier. We'll try not to spoil
2: Breaking Bad, even though
1: there's an email about it. Paul, you had to pick.
2: Yes, I did. And I chose, and one of the things we're doing, we're saying it on the Twitter feed. So if you, if you don't want to wait until Sunday... Hopefully, we'll say it earlier on the Twitters and the Facebook. Yes, right there.
1: Some of you emailed in about it, um, and we I think we talked about doing it originally, but we just sort of forgot was that we're going to announce the pick when it's made on the on our social media so that you can follow along at home and be ready. Some people, you know, if it's a surprise pick, then they have they don't have the book with them. So
0: are we it, are we going to start complaining about our lack of free time on social media as well? Maybe. No. We thought do that. Okay. Don't we do that already? I'm, I mean, that's what I've been using the account for almost okay. exclusively.
2: And if you don't want to know until Sunday, if you want to forego that and enjoy the autoerotic asphyxiation kind of pleasure of not knowing and then knowing on Sunday, delaying that, we, that gratification, be... yeah, you can just wait. You can just avoid Twitter entirely. So pick this, this week. <laughs> pick <laughs> Exactly. I'm, I'm going to forego social media for four days a week. Uh, there are people to, out to, there. Yeah. Diehard yeah. fans. We our, we, and we love those guys. Yeah. Uh, all-new X-Men special number one by Mike Costa and Chris Anka. This, I had no idea, I had no idea this was going to be a thing. This was, that this was coming out. This was a nice, pleasant surprise. I saw it, uh, uh, you know, up on Comixology. I said, what do I read first? This or all-new X-Men number 17. And I was like, I'll read all-new X-Men 17. This looks like it's unrelated. And I was right. And this is a thing, this sort of, remember that, all-new X-Men issue a little while before Battle of the Atom. It was a La Fu- Fuente issue, mm-hmm. and it was all about uh, Gene and, yes. uh, and Hank and, uh, and you know, uh, hanging out in the garage it's and pushing. the smooching, the smooching, right, and, and the, the look of, of absolute horror on Scott Summers' face in the cover. Make the best covers nice. of the week.
1: Yeah.
2: Always nice. This feels like it f- if, you, if you need it to fit somewhere, I think it fits right after that issue. And sort of before Battle of the Atom. Yeah. Um, also, tonally, it fits in there because it, it refers back to that. And this is the, 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 the original uh, X-Men, um, unstuck in time, or stuck in time, however that phrase works. Um, and they're in the modern day, and they're wandering around uh, in Manhattan. And uh, I think it's kind of interesting that they're, they're kind of overwhelmed by the hustle and bustle of, uh, of Times Square. But wasn't Times Square always like that? Yes. yes, and like it wouldn't was it was more hookers. But I, th- I guess the thing is really that they're they're unused to people. They should have um, been
1: surprised st- to not be stabbed or robbed. <laughs> exactly, should, which, yeah. should have been.
0: Well, they're be- They're still very um, vague about when they're actually from.
1: It doesn't matter. Sixties, yeah. eighties. Early 90s, they should have been surprised. They were it wouldn't have been
0: giant TV screens. Immediately But robbed. they would have been there. I mean, when did those big screens go up? In the 90s, at least, yeah, right? But it's, yeah.
2: like a, but it's like a floating 15 years ago, would you say? Like, that's the, the age difference, maybe? Seems,
0: Seems 15, 20 feels right.
2: 15, 20, right. something in there.
1: Either way, these people are having a much harder time with their time travel than the guy in Sleepy Hollow, is, and that was 250 years. That's enough of my passive-aggressive rant about that show.
2: Continue. <laughs> season two, yay! <laughs> But they're, they're, you know, like, I can't believe people are just talking about anything on the phone right there in public. Well, and I, I think Bluetooth you would. <laughs> it is, that would be shocking. To sure, see if yes. You walk, everyone's
1: glued to a screen on, you know, and no one's, you know, looking at each other, which is weird. But Yeah, and that's
2: sort of just like a subplot. Um... For uh, Scott and Jean, because Scott's like, now I know what it feels like to be you with all the you know the stuff going on in your head, and you can't really you know block it out. and And uh, they're going to go to the they're going to go to the movies. Um, they're going to see a movie, and hopefully, people will be quiet. And I was like, not in twenty thirteen are people going to be quiet in the movie theater? Um, so that's that plan might not work out for you. But ultimately, this is a big showcase. On Times Square. No, <laughs> this is a big showcase for uh, for Hank and that that lovable lovable lug. Big gorilla-shaped dude um, with a heart of gold, and uh, a love for Anne, Sext- Anne Sexton and-, and Sylvia Plath and stuff. And um, what I what I like about this issue ultimately is that it's a it feels like a great relationship comic, but then it's also got some really nice action in it. There's a great action sequence when an uh, an older version of um, Doctor Octopus uh, with his Elton John hair uh, comes out of the past.
1: Sweet green pajamas.
2: Exactly, and is and is and you know is wreaking havoc on the city and and um, this research center and um, and then the superior Spider-Man shows up with the modern Doctor Octopus in there. Of course, only he's the only one who knows about that, and he's he fights alongside uh, the kids and uh, there's some wonderful banter between them and uh, some wonderful use of of uh, all their powers together, uh, and it shows that yeah, Doctor Octopus is pretty smart, and this is the first installment of. A series of specials. Um, I don't know what all of the books involved are, but um, it's about this anachronistic uh, Doctor Octopus from the past, just causing causing some causing some destruction in the modern day. And uh, I just I just thought this was just really refreshing and fun and and light and effervescent, and uh, I enjoyed it. And it was just a, it was just a surprise because I, I didn't know to expect this. And I opened it up, and it's you know think of all new X-Men is it's it's a Bendis thing and uh, this was not Bendis but I think it was a very good use of these characters which when we first heard about it you know that's kind of a weird idea they're going to bring the, the original X-Men forward and and, and well, they're, they're going to be around that. forever right and they're doing some really cool stuff with them um,
0: I could I could I could watch
2: uh, I could watch Chris
0: Anka's old Dr. Octopus yes forever yeah just fat, spitting, mad, angry haircut. Like, just the, the rage sort of comes through. It just looks like having a lot of fun Chip with the, uh, yeah, just having a ton of fun with the pencils on it. Mm-hmm. When Spider-Man showed up, I was like, is that Miles? What's going on with that outfit? Is that a thing? That's, that's the
2: a, new that's superior, superior Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay. I, I haven't, I haven't. In the past couple of months, he's, he's got a new costume.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I get that, and even like sort of the back is reminiscent of that. I guess mm-hmm. that makes sense.
2: Yeah, at first I was like, did did uh, did Mike Costa not get the, you know, the memo on Doctor Octopus being dead and being inside? Sp- and but that's part of the story. Is right. that yeah. this, this is an anachronistic Doctor Octopus? And and you know, it's more um,
1: time traveling stuff that's been going on. I
0: love, I like that. I think that yeah. time travel rift in fun. the Marvel universe, going through everything, is a, is a great. Low key way to tie everything together. Exactly. It's yeah. not. It's not a banner across the top. It's not by all the issues that have everything to do with it. It's just a thing. And this there's gonna. This probably will be a thing that you know some sort of mini series or crossover. But you know they'll have earned it.
2: Mm-hmm. And you can really overdo the you know oh my stars and garters thing. But uh, the reaction shot of of Hank with the oh my stars and garters <laughs> when he's talking up this girl. Quite wonderful, I think. I think the Chris Anka, Chris Anka art is is a big part of this, and seeing seeing Hank bounding around and the extreme anatomy is, I thought, was really great. And um, yeah, able to do some really expressive, like you know, teens hanging out talking to each other, and as just as well as these fights. And it's, I think, it's it's a whole package.
1: Yeah, you're right. It did feel very much sort of like an indie romance comic, you know, even though you had. Old school Marvel characters in it. They had a very different tone,
2: yeah, which was fun. So often when they do, you know, play to you know Marvel's roots in romance comics, relationship stuff from years and years and years and years and years ago, it's as a pastiche. Mm -hmm. It's as we're going to make this retro, and we're going to make it. We're really going to millie millie the model it up, right, uh, or Archie it up. And this was just—they played it straight. This is what this is. This is a, this is a you know a, a story about uh, teens and hormones and without going you know oh. overboard. But let's also let's uh, the cover is is kind of misleading. Yes. Yeah, it is very. Yeah, it is.
0: <laughs> I mean, like if you looked at that cover and you're like, sweet, you bought that, you brought it home, you're like, what is this crap? You know, like there's got to be dudes out there who did that. I don't care, but. It really doesn't like just looking at the cover doesn't give you any clue as to what's going on in there. Actually, no, I mean, and if, you hadn't, if you
1: hadn't made it the pick, I wouldn't have read it, you know, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. based on that. I mean, I, I, I love the characters and I'm enjoying their time in the, the X Men books, but I would have just stuck to the main one. Not yeah, this
2: no, was right. this was a situation. Yeah, it was a situation where you know I have the pick this week. I want. I I think you'll probably agree with me. I would get a little bit more adventurous when it's you know my week and I'll look around a little bit more than I might otherwise and so I was like oh, I've really been you know loving these characters and you know maybe this isn't the battle of the adam thing and it turns out you know battle of the adam that you know all new x men number 17 that was the pick until I read this mm-hmm. I think it's just a I think it's a great cast of characters and uh, both of these writers did really well with them this week
1: Well let's talk about that issue which was the what chapter is it here oh god
2: 6 5
1: um, I'm trying to scroll to the front.
2: Okay, so i don't <laughs> Chapter, in front chapter of me. 6.
1: There you uh, go. Battle of the Atom, Bendis and Eminem. I'm still loving the story. I love the flash forwards, the flashbacks. I love all the crazy time travel. I love that there's a President enough, Dazzler. Another group of X-Men from the future. I just it just gets and you want to say wacky because that's not really the tone of it, but it is funny. But it's I do love that they just keep piling on the teams.
2: That's you know, a, that's sort of the thing is that I should have expected it. But it's like a further wrinkle in time in yeah. that it's not just about the group of the X-Men from the past, the all-new X-Men, and then the modern X-Men, which is, you know, the um, you know, Wolverine and Cyclops on either side of that schism. Um, and then the future X-Men in, involving the, um, the Lady Zorn, yep. uh, which is actually not modern.
1: So it's it's, it's, it's it, past Gene Grey, past, aged in the future. It's weird. Yeah. how the,
2: they they described I think they described it in uh, in Jason Aaron's book last week where it's like it's old old, old young jean, jean. or yeah, something like that. Jean, yeah. Yeah. so and th- and that's that's kind of fun but now, but now we have this other group and it's like we're the real future x men and you've got jubilee going by the name Wolverine yeah You've got yeah, there's, Colossus. There's a, there's a
0: line for that. That makes sense. Colossus's sweet mustache. Sweet mustache. That's the, literally the only comment I had about this book. <laughs> and I'm not. I don't mean to be reductive about it, but the only thing I came out of it, I was like, yeah, Iceman's rad, but
2: Colossus is, is sweet with that mustache." <laughs> the Motorhead mustache End of story. <laughs> um, no, and you know, well, you know, analysis we'll talk- over. So no, but, I, I'm done. I'm
0: out. Tell me when
2: you're done. Come on. Iceman is a wizard. That's I like, Sir, I do Sir like, Bobby. That's I pretty do, cool.
1: I do like the constant variations in Iceman and how much it freaks out the young one, uh, young past Iceman, is that every time he turns around, there's a different version of him.
2: So the original future Iceman was like, it's the, they keep calling it like the Ice Hulk.
1: Yeah, so you got and, Ice Gandalf and Ice Hulk, and Ice Gandalf is the real Iceman. It, tells, it confirms our suspicion that Ice Hulk is basically one of those constructs um, that he can apparently create now, and sort of aged or uh, sort of like sentient. a like a
2: golem of himself, of his own powers, right? Which he's and. been doing over
1: in the Wolverine X Men book. So uh, they're really playing really well with in continuity and with the crazy time travel aspects of it, and they're making it lots of fun. Um, and I'm really enjoying the heck out of everything. Everything what happened. What do you think,
0: Young Iceman, thinks of that sweet mustache?
1: <laughs> he probably wants to grow one. He probably he's pro- does, but probably he can't. too young for it. So.
2: It probably inspires him to grow his wizard mustache and beard yeah. later on.
1: <laughs> Although, if you were Iceman, couldn't you create some sort of ice-based mustache attached to your
0: face? I, I bet there's a – It would be snow, the... I think. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a way that doesn't work. It's, right. just, it's not completely foolproof. Then you need to earn that mustache. And then biology, nature knows.
1: I really kind of want to shave my face into that mustache. You I tried it once. Is it, it was, a situation
2: uh, where do you think Colossus could ever get rid of that? Because it's like metal now. Well, when he goes into the was,
1: non-metal form, he just yeah. shave. It's kind of. Like, I guess so. He's like the opposite of Red Hulk. Whereas when when General Thunderbolt Ross, turns right, into Red Hulk, he loses the mustache. Col- Colossus says, "Fuck that. We keep it in Russia. We keep our mustaches."
2: I'm just thinking back on that Red Hulk page, and it was Hardman, right? Yes. Yeah. And they were showing like you you. There's like a panel missing. Yeah. I can't help but think uh,
0: we had a little something to do with that in some small way. Yeah.
1: Well, I think it was somewhere general we need outcry about the mustache was just sort of. Yeah,
0: but I want to take credit.
1: Okay, go ahead. I do like, I like all the different versions of Beast. I like the different versions of Iceman. I, like, I, like, I just like that everybody's colliding in this giant sort of royal rumble of mm-hmm. time travelers. And it's fun. I always enjoy time traveling stories, and, and the, the, the good, they're not taking it too crazily serious. You know, they're, I think they're acknowledging the sort of goofy aspect of having all these different teams together and so I think that's what makes it so enjoyable mm-hmm. now this is going to be a controversial statement but I'm going to make Uh-oh. it oh, I want Greg Rucker to stop doing Lazarus despite what Josh you know, threatening everyone's life for so that he can write the novel of the backstory because oh, wow. the backstory in, in the in, talk about Lazarus number four and the backstory he puts into the letters column where he you know describes how that world got to this point is utterly fascinating to me and I, I i want to read that story i want to read the prose novel version of it i don't want to read the d- comic version i want the deep prose novel version of that i,
0: I it's going to exist and you know it is yeah like there's no way he doesn't do it
1: i i just I need, to do, I need him to do it i love the yeah. comic i'm really enjoying it but i i just get i get so excited to read the next part of that history because it's so it's sort of like it's in his wheelhouse in my wheelhouse you know, it's, it's just sort of the alternate history, science, and politics, and the world crumbling. And
0: yeah, You know what I like about this book is that uh, for years all we've heard is that, well, comic people come up with stuff, but it's mainly so they can get movies made out of them. Yeah. If, if that is, is Rucker and Lark's goal, boy, they're going about it all wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's just not – I was like, this is not – It's just too much. It's not translatable. Like, it, it, it's, if anything, he's making a comic, and, and eventually he's going to be like, I need to write this as a novel. Right. It's gonna be what well, Did you see it as like country. a TV series? Yeah, you could do it as a TV series. Yeah, you I could. guess. Yeah, you totally
2: could. I got high-minded,
1: <laughs> but uh, no, I, I just, I just want, I want that Queen and Country novel backstory. I want the, I want, I want it for this. I want it bad.
2: No, I think you're, I think you're right on there. Um, it's, it, it almost feels like not, not, and uh, not to be reductive about this one, it's that it feels like this is almost the webisodes of you know the the backup stuff like the main feature in the in the comic is like it almost feels incidental to everything that's going on and just how robust that world building is right. like he's at least alluding yeah. to in the backup
1: yeah which just, is great
2: like, and i'm still enjoying it but I, I, that's that's more that's that's not that's not knocking the co- the comic that's that's praising the you know the the backstory
1: it's really interesting yeah. world it's it's one of those slightly plausible worlds, you know, like the, the Michael Crichton kind of thing where he would take something real and sort just twist it a little bit and then he would put all the backstory in the front trying to convince you that it was real and it was mm. that kind of thing and I really do like that in my sort of speculative science fiction in the uh, you know, make it feel very real and this is feels very like it could happen. And then he also puts the real you know, news in the back there too, which freaks you the fuck out if you read. And uh which makes Some fun. good ideas back there?
2: Uh some things I think we should try and implement <laughs> no. in the next few years. It's really a shame about the shutdown, man. Uh, a lot of that stuff, putting on the back burner.
1: But anyway, this is, I mean, I think, I think Lark's doing fantastic work here. I showed this to somebody uh, the other day, and they said, wow, well, it's, it's kind of a different, rougher Michael Lark, which I, I, do, I do kind of like. Mm, yeah. So I think the book's fantastically gorgeous, and I do think that he's set up, he's playing a long game, clearly uh, Rucka is on the story. It's not, you know, not in a bad way at all, but he's really sort of building... This step-by-step step in a very interesting way.
0: Well, he basically guaranteed like 60 issues or something like that, didn't he? I mean, okay. that, or that's the plan as far as, you know, it's up to him.
1: One would hope we'll get that way. But I do like it. Lots of intrigue, lots of, lots of, uh, lots of interesting dynamics going on. And he claims to have never read or seen
2: Game of Thrones, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> there you go. But I do like it a lot quite a bit. I, just, um, I want a novel.
2: About a thousand short comics came out this week. Yep. Yeah, in the form of uh, three anthologies. Which one do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's you talk about the Witching Hour because I didn't get a, I didn't get to read this one. Okay, the Witching Hour is from Vertigo, and this feels like sort of classic Vertigo stomping grounds. Um, it's it's a, it's a lot of sort of ghost story kind of things. And
1: last time we had science fiction, right? The last the last anthology was the time travel one.
2: That's right, the time travel one, and we and we get part three of the what the boy detectives thing. The Dead Boy Detectives, which is going to be a series in December that's by um, Mark Buckingham, mm-hmm. Toby Litt. My favorites in here there's some Molescott, it's very good, about a witch in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. There is, and in, in modern Afghanistan and the war and everything, there's a great story in here uh, by Matthew Sturgis, artist Sean McManus, and it's if Arthur Miller and uh, Marilyn Monroe lived in a world where the occult was, you know, real, like where magic was real, mm-hmm. but it was frowned upon. And then they created a spell to stop magic from existing. And in that vacuum, uh, the blacklist and, and all of those witch hunts form. And so I think a, a really fun way to, to, to look, at back, look back at that period, which is always fascinating. There's a Cliff
1: Chang story in here?
2: There is a Cliff Chang story in here. My, my new favorite artist
0: name is in this. Gerhard Human. <laughs> That's a cool That's name. That's like <laughs> a <laughs> homunculus name. It's yeah, okay no, Ge- Gerhard Human to... has rocketed up the Wade von Grabadger. That's Memorial the kind charts. of name that
1: like an alien picks for himself to try to blend in. Yeah, you know, like the Coneheads. We are Ger- Gerhard Human. <laughs> do not mind us we are human exactly it's an awesome name I don't think I'm the
2: Cliff Chang uh, and writer Brett Lewis did a, a story called Mars to Stay and it's about a reality show set in space and it's actually it's actually perfect timing for this with the shutdown because they just said we don't uh, we got this reality show and you guys are up on Mars um, and even though we've got all the sponsors and everything we uh, we have no funding anymore so good luck to you guys up there <laughs> we're, we're turning off the cameras um, enjoy yourselves and it's it, it's the slow descent of what happens when you know Earth abandons uh, the colony on Mars. There's a story called Daniel by Steve Beach, Words and Art and it is about an, an older man who has been in the closet for a very long time and he befriends some adolescent uh, witches and they give him the strength to through a seance uh, with his his uh, his former lover who was who was killed because he was gay for him to finally, Embrace what he is, and, and and go out there and get out of this little town and, and live his life. So on the whole, would you just, would you say this was a successful anthology? This was a successful anthology. That time travel one was really good, yeah, though. It
0: was.
2: No one's beat that, but no the rest one's of the beat thing, that. But uh, the rest of the that
0: issue wasn't as wasn't as strong. So maybe on the whole, this looked this looks like a good. Well, so that was it. The, the names in it aren't as familiar as some of the other ones. Well,
2: we got, we I got. It, there's also a, a really cool little story, a, a Kelly Sue DeConnick story with uh, Ming Doyle on art, and they they do some really great things with. And it's it's Jordy Bellaire on colors. I should have known. Great colors uh, with like these uh, subdued blues and and really super saturated saturated like red oranges. And it's about a woman who has a spider like crawled into her ear and then uh, got into her brain. No no, yeah. no,
1: no, no, the, no, 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 none of no, no, no. Stop enough. talking. Stop. That's enough. So, anyways, uh, no, no more. Some,
2: some, some great stuff in time for Halloween. Uh, I really enjoyed that one.
1: The, the CBLDF Liberty Annual came out this week. Uh, it's a, one of those uh, CBLDF fundraiser books that gets rotated through the publishers. This year was Image Comics, and I, I, I liked it. Don't I mean the problem with this annual is the one I have every year, so it gets kind of knock you over the heady. Yes, you know, I guess it gets a little repetitive. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's all good, it's, it's good information. It's all good messages. It's all about you know, free speech and First Amendment rights, and and no one, no one's going to say that's bad, but it does get a little repetitive.
0: In, and, and no one reading it is like, why have I never thought about this? Right. Um,
2: does Scott Alley always edit these? I thought that was interesting because, you know, it's image. And
0: I feel like, see, the thing is, I guess they rotate, a, but who it's, else it's has ever done it besides yeah. image and
2: dark horror? Yeah, okay.
0: I think the two of them rotate it.
2: but um, So, yeah, there's a lot of, yeah, knock over the head, this is, you know, censorship is horrible, um, which it is, but... Some, some of the stronger ones, there's a Gabe Hardman, uh, Karina Becko story, mm-hmm. The Shoot, and it's about patent riders?
1: Yeah, the, the thugs that Edison was sent out to shut down the
2: movie, movie shoots, yeah. And it's got, it's got Gabe Hardman drawing horses, which is always a good thing.
1: I like the Corbin story. This is a horror story about the DA trying to shut down a cartoonist. Not many of them more stood out to me. I mean it was it was good. It was all, there was all those quality stuff in
2: there. I like I like the one it's Josh Williamson. Mm-hmm. And it's a very it's a very cute one and it's it's about what it, it says it's what if Wortham was right and it's oh, right, one, a yeah. couple of little kids in the woods and they're they you know uh, their hobby is finding playboys and going through them and saying are those real? Are those real? I don't think those are real. I can see the scars. But then they find comic books. And it's like they've never heard of Superman before, and they're finally reading about Superman. And the parents flip out when they discover that their kids are reading comics. And uh, the kids start goes on a rampage and yeah, starts killing everybody.
1: Yeah, no, that was good. I mean, there's a couple of. Them I find myself just sort of flipping through towards the end once I got to the
2: Hack Slash one was pretty funny, and it's it's a neat concept at least in that it's it's about. Um, all those redacteds, like the black bars and stuff. And mm-hmm. so there's black bars over, over naughty bits and black bars over naughty words. And um, I guess the, the villain is all about um, redacting things. And, and so the hacks, hack slash crew have to go after him. Um, but yeah, it's all in service to that, that concept of freedom of speech. And it's a little over the top, a little on the nose.
1: Yeah. We also had Batman in black and white number two. Uh Which, for me, was all about the uh, entirely creepy raphael grandpa joker story, God, yeah, <laughs> which I mean, the way he drew it the joker was sort of the joker of your nightmares, and it was it took me a couple of panels to realize that the big mouth was painted on his face, and he had a little mouth in the middle of it, which yeah. somehow made it even creepier, yeah, like if you just had a giant toothfold mouth that 's one thing, but then I, the little tiny mouth in the middle made it just weird. And creating. well, it's
2: like regular mouths or regular clowns, right?
1: Right, but just it just made it weirder. I like that one a lot. It was, it's good. We don't
2: see Raphael Grandpa nearly enough, like, he always pops I up, and it's like I don't understand a sketch from why he's not a superstar. Other than, I
0: don't know, it's he should be, it should be like a big deal, yeah. Every time he draws a thing, yeah. I've spoken.
1: Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. No, I, I thought uh, the first one was stronger, obviously, it was the pick of the week, but this was also still pretty good. Yeah. I'm enjoying this this anthology. It's a quick break to remind you how you can help the show. If you are uh, listening and a fan and want to find out how you can help us continue to go on, you can go to iFanBoy.com/slash Amazon. This is the first method. Uh, make all your Amazon purchases through that yeah. link. You just copy that and paste it into your toolbar or wherever you go to Amazon and never think about it again. We get a little piece of the sale you make through Amazon, which is slowly subsuming our entire lives. Someone was just talking today <coughs> about buying groceries through them. And soon they'll just be feeding us intravenously through tubes, through Amazon tubes. And then uh, the other way you can help us is memberships. We have reinstituted the membership program, which we brought back a couple weeks ago. But we've been neglecting to mention it. Go to ifanboy.com, uh, and there's a little button to, uh, on the toolbar that says to support the ifanboy. And you can sign up for a membership, $3 a month or $30 a year. We drop the price down. And uh, you can help us out that way too. That's a really great way to help us directly, help us pay for all the stuff we got to pay for, and keep the lights on. And we really appreciate everyone who has taken either method to help us out. We we can't do it without you. So now, Savage Wolverine number nine, another book I wasn't gonna pick up until I Paul informed me that it was a book
2: written and drawn by Jock. Yeah, I saw a tweet from him actually. Is his debut as a writer artist, um, I think. And yeah, so this uh, Savage Wolverine is sort of turning into the. What was it, the Avenging Spider Man of Wolverine books? Yeah, oh, it's, 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 it's always a, been that way. It's the yeah, oh, yeah. chronology story. It's
0: also or, so no, it's, what's the darkest, what's the Daredevil one called?
1: Dark Knights. Dark Knights.
0: Yeah,
2: I said it out loud and I was like, that doesn't sound right. Right, yeah. I always second guess myself whenever I see it. I was like, no, that's another character. Uh, anyways, Jock writing and drawing. And I love that he just throws you right into it. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how long this story is. There, it's. I mean, definitely carries over into next month, but I don't know how much longer after that. But it's Wolverine is like going into free fall from a satellite onto an alien planet. And I was like, is this like planet Wolverine or something like that? And, um, and he, he meets a kid down there who is like him in certain ways. I don't entirely know where it's going, but it's. I think it's him. You think it's him?
0: Yeah, I think it's a time travel space thing going on. I don't know.
2: I'm probably wrong.
0: It was a good story, is what I'm saying.
2: I mean, if you want to see Wolverine like free falling through the atmosphere onto a, onto a planet, it's, it's pretty a fun. Giant. Thing And I like that it's like, this takes place whenever. I don't care. It's just, yes. this is Wolverine. This is an adventure he goes on. I'm into it. Jock, would you like to
0: tell a Wolverine story? Yes, I would.
2: <laughs> there it is.
0: And he, and he took it to a new place, so yeah. yeah.
1: Earth-216 was one of the few comics this week that truly shocked me. Paul, are you still reading it, or is it just me at this point?
2: I I read this one because you mentioned it.
1: Oh, so. Uh, so we've they've had the war. They've been having the war with the exiled uh, Apocalyptians or however you used to call them on Earth Two, and this was the sort of
2: Apocalyptians?
1: Apocalyptians. This was the uh, climax of the battle in which uh, the all hope seems lost as Steppenwolf has destroyed everyone, and then suddenly one of his own turns on him and splits him in half with his hand, which literally made me gasp when I turned the page and saw that full page shot of him getting sliced into. Only to be revealed that it's apparently Superman in disguise. It was very shocking mm-hmm. and bizarre, and made me sad that James Robinson's leaving because I really do enjoy all these characters in this book. Although there was a group shot at one point, and I didn't really recognize all of the people in the group shot. There was like, yeah. like I recognized the main superheroes, but there was a couple that were wearing just like sort of battle fatigues, and I didn't know who they were. But I really do. I'm enjoying this, and it's gonna be sad when the. New, I'm I'm looking forward to the new writer and only to see what he brings. But I'm sad
2: that. Do you know how many more Robinson has? Uh, one, maybe. Okay.
1: So it's not very much. Because that
2: makes me really like, tentative because I, I don't. I mean, we, we read the first couple of installments of that Injustice book. You did. Yes. Okay. I did and reported on them. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of just for yucks. Yeah.
1: I'm going to give him a couple to see what he, what he brings, but I'm going to be sad to not get the culmination of what Robson had planned. That's too bad. Hunger. You guys yeah, jumped three. on the hunger train?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I have been for a while, but I feel like there's been, it's been a little while since this came out. Yeah, But this is the uh, Joshua Hale-Fialcoff-Leonard Kirk story of uh, Galactus. And Galactus. A of, yeah, a couple of versions of Galactus that have merged to become as one, and they, they come to the uh, ultimate universe, presumably culminating with what will be the destruction of this universe and the merging of our world. I don't know. Right. But I get to hang out with Ultimate Rick Jones and, and the Silver Surfer and then their version of Captain Marvel. And uh, you know, all the stuff that cop has been doing over here in the Ultimate Corner has been pretty good. I think it's gonna be unfortunate when they shut everything down. Again, that is speculation.
2: Right. Um, it's always fun to see the the big giant scale of, of Galactus. Yeah. And, and, all and all then I liked drones. it
0: how they how they how they tore it right down into Rick Jones being inspired by Peter Parker. Yeah. You know, it all comes back to that that part and I thought You see funny. Peter
2: Parker's house and like they've set up like a memorial outside the house and the pictures and everything. It's very sad. he had been gone a long time, barely. Yeah. Still is hungry though. Green Arrow know,
1: 24 that. is notable simply because uh, they have introduced the Diggle character into the DC yeah. universe.
0: What so. is that? Is D- that a that's from the show, isn't yeah, it? The it's it's TV show. Okay.
1: So he joins Coulson and Chloe Sullivan and all those other people that have Shown up now, uh, so
0: he is introduced into the world. If I may, Yes. speaking of Diggle, yes, I thank you. Yep. I read this Captain America, uh, uh, Living Legend number one, and I'm wondering is this the one that could, never came out? Is this the black Captain America white? No, no, was, that was that was, was Loeb and Sale. It, all right, he was, gonna, he was
1: gonna do like Marvel something? Knight's Captain America or something like that, whatever, that something was, like that, back when they had about four different weird imprints. Yeah. Uh this was the this sounds like the unproduced or the unpublished Captain America story that Diggle had. It does.
0: Uh is it was drawn it by by Adi Granov, which is pretty it, he doesn't do a lot of interiors anymore. Uh and because of that, like it feels like this is movie cap. Mm-hmm. Like this very much feels like this is like the untold untold chapter from the movies and it's a it's a fun little story dealing with uh sort of the space race and and, and and some fallout from a Russian cosmonaut. And, what era uh, does it take place in? It's, there's a bit of it uh, during World War II. There's a bit of it during this the space race. And then there's a bit that's modern.
1: So does he wake up in the 60s?
0: No, the space race place part happened. Basically, Cap saves a Russian's life uh, during the war. That Russian goes on to be a cosmonaut mm. in this in the 60s and then uh, there are repercussions in the modern world. Definitely. It's good. I mean, if you like Adi Granov, there's not, there's not a lot of it out there, so uh, get on it. And I, this has to be that story. It's got to be. I'd be really yeah. surprised if it wasn't. So I didn't check it out, but
1: I, I, I did, it did occur to me when I saw what it was. So those are the books it's that fun. we wanted to talk about. Now let's jump over to some audience questions. We've got a whole bunch here. So we will start with Monty. From parts unknown. Paul, is this just you writing? No it? relation. No. Okay. <laughs> it sounds like it
0: is.
2: <laughs> it's,
1: it's, I swear it's not me. All right. Well, Monty says if Heisenberg, Walter White from Breaking Bad was a comic book fan, what would be his favorite superhero and villain? What current series would you recommend Heisenberg read? So, Walter White, Heisenberg was the main character in Breaking Bad that just ended last week, in case you. And don't we're, know. Not gonna right. we're not going to spoil
2: anything. We're not going to say what happened we're just I'm just going to speak to the character that you see in you know like season one I guess and um
1: I mean it's so easy to just give him science books right because he's a scientist
2: that seems well he loves science I mean he's that's a through line and that never changes throughout the entire series spoiler alert sorry um he always loves science
0: Hank Hank Pym's probably a really good one for him (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> he with the edge well you know uh, the, the,
1: you could say the, the Ultron story is sort of a metaphor for what happened to him. you know he starts off with good intentions and it all spirals out of control into this
0: thing that destroys everyone's lives maybe Batman because he because Batman never does lose that thread, even though he looks like he might uh, but he's also a super genius capable the you know, like the, Mr. Terrific. You know what I mean? Like like that kind of that kind of character. Right. The,
2: the Flash, because I mean all like the early Flash especially is all about solving science problems. That's what all of the rogues are, and Walt likes to solve things with science. How about you know? But then you know. So that's superheroes. There the are vi- some the great villains, science. The oceans. villains
1: he's got. A, I mean, I don't know if I go for science as much as. Someone wizard. who someone who does bad things for the right or what he thinks is the right reasons, right? So that's what he's doing.
0: Hydro Man, no, wait, <laughs> Stilt Man, not, no, not Hydro Man. What's the other one? The other Spider Man, Bill Sand-Man? Sandman. Sandman. He's just trying to save his daughter. Like go. from the
2: movie Sandman. is isn't, isn't there a villain who has like a
0: like a debilitating illness?
1: Uh, the I Vulture
0: like, was sick for a while. Yeah, that's I think that's what I was thinking of. Yeah.
2: Doctor Octopus, I mean, was really yeah. like. Yes. And he's a scientist as well. Jesse is Spider Man. That's a, I, I would I would see that movie. I wouldn't hold your breath. You know, Manhattan Project. Yeah, I mean, that's trying to avoid that. I mean that, science not years, that well, no. not, yeah, that but, not that you shouldn't it,
0: not that you shouldn't, it just seems too obvious. But that's not hard science he wouldn't like it. Yeah, it's speculative. Yeah. Steven how oh, sure.
2: about Steven The Five uh, Fists
0: of Science by Matt Fraction.
2: There you go. Stephen Siegel's uh, genius book. Is that just how Walt views himself as a genius?
1: I feel like he'd be a Doctor Doom or Lex Luthor t- guy, you know, like Luther. Lex Luthor thinks he is doing. He's got. He knows what's best for the people.
2: Well, we're also we're talking about books that he would like, but yeah. for recommendations, what about what, what? What if we give him some therapy? Like, what books would help him out? <laughs> I don't believe he would. Like a st- Asterios Polyp about ego and, and pride. Yeah, he's not, He's in no position. Three hundred about hubris. <laughs> He's not going to read that. There's a little bit of suspension of disbelief in Aaron in this question and him actually reading what we give to him. Scalped? I mean, like, the thing is, Gail would have offered to let him read some of his comics.
1: Yes, would have totally had these comics and he totally would have offered it to but him awkwardly he,
0: in the lab and he would have been like, yeah, sure, Gail." And, and he would never pick them up and read them. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's really the fact of the matter. Walter White, not going to read comics. I think he read Sorry. them when
1: he was younger. Probably. I think he read them when he was in college. He was reading Marvel books in the 60s.
2: We know, and we know Jesse loves superheroes, and it, or at least he opens up to, uh, to Jane about it with Kangaman and the characters that he, he created and drew. I wrote a piece for Book Riot like, before the previous season about like, recommending books, not just comics, but books to the different characters, and I gave Jesse understanding comics because maybe get out of this business.
1: Well, the thing is, the thing is, all this, all this talk makes me sad thinking about when Walter beat Jesse to death in the finale.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, it was overly brutal.
0: They didn't I just eat, was weird eat, that they made out before that. Right. Well,
1: it's a love hate thing, you know. I love yeah. you. I hate you. I love you. I hate you. Kissing and yeah. punching and kissing and stabbing. Mm-hmm. You know. Show got weird. Show got weird at the end. Show got weird.
0: Yeah. Next.
2: <laughs> okay, uh, Chris from the Big Rig. I just listened to episode. (laughs) Is he on like an oil rig? I just added that in. I just listened to episode 401 and was glad that you mentioned my email regarding Thanos's name. I am sending a recording. Hope you're able to hear it. The reason I'm behind on your show is that I'm a truck driver and I sometimes forget to sync my phone when I forget. I got a whole week to wait until I'm back home, able to sync it and get the new shows. Also, the reason I'm making such a fuss about this is that when the movie comes out, I hope they don't say his name wrong as well. As I mentioned last time, he's my favorite character, and I named my huge muscle-holding psychotic killer chihuahua, Thanos. I also feel you get enough poll and listeners to show them the right pronunciation to the name of this sick-ass character, so let's, let's roll tape. This is how he says we should pronounce the big purple guy
0: because of Thanos Thanos
2: and that recording was from Silver Surfer episode 6
0: and Thanos' name comes from the Greek personification of death which is Thanatos not Thanatos which sounds more weak Thanos instead of Thanos Thanos sounds better I hope you guys get to hear this okay
2: thanks love your show thanks
1: now I respect Chris is sending this in and I respect his strong feelings on this he clearly loves the character but I've always said Thanos, and therefore it's always going to come out of my mouth as Thanos, just because it's been thirty years of reading it's, comics. It's, it's
0: really difficult to get Connor to not pronounce something the way that he wants to pronounce no, it. No, I
1: mean it's like anything, you know? it's like Martian
0: a, which, Manhunter. I think we just recently worked on you, it.
1: When you <laughs> when you live somewhere for a long time, they change a street name. You know, yeah. it's just you know, the yeah. there's the Triborough Bridge, in New York. Which sure, it's the, RFK the RFK Bridge. Bridge. You know, sure. it's just like it's sure. It's what you've done are known for decades and, and you just have a hard time changing. Now, when the, if the movie comes out and it's everywhere and people are talking about it and,
0: you know, it, I may start to
1: – it may help. But for now, my brain's going to go to Thanos.
0: Well, here's the thing. If it's based on a Greek, Greek god pronunciation, who knows how they actually said it? And I bet there were people who said those names differently in Greece or whatever. The only the, – the authority on it for me as far as I'm concerned would be if we were to find out what Jim Starlin thought. Mm-hmm. And he, was, he would be able to lay the smack down. Anything that comes after that doesn't matter. Yeah. That would be the thing.
2: I respect, I I respect that, you know, you go into the roots of it and, yeah, Thanatos and, and stuff like that instead of Thanos. Um, I think Thanos sounds stronger to me just because it has a hard A in it. Yeah. But I'll respect that. And, you know, I, I'm not called to say it out loud all that often. So I hope I'm not ruining it for, for Chris and anyone else. The
1: thing, about, oh. the thing about Thanos is Josh. He doesn't like, you know, the way you walk your dog.
0: He's uh, Thanos. You know, that sounds right if you say it like that. Yeah. I lived in a very Greek neighborhood, and I got to say, if I was talking like them, I would go with Thanos. Thanos. Yeah. That's Thanos. A, it's, it makes a point.
2: I love, I love that he named his character. <laughs> he dog doesn't want to walk. <laughs> I love that there's a Chihuahua out there that is named Thanos. It's wonderful. Yeah.
0: And a lot more people are going to get that joke eventually. <laughs> yeah. Because right now, it's a low audience.
1: I just, just sneak uh, him into the. I just re- I just rewatched the Avengers a couple like last week and I really a enjoyed it and b was just really excited to to see more th- more Thanos Thanos so
2: do we think that's going to be Avengers three?
1: thought That was going to be Guardians of the Galaxy.
2: Well, yeah, oh yeah, next. I mean, but like yeah. his, he's going to be like off in the shadows still. I think they're they're still going to be. I don't developed.
1: know. I just enjoyed it and want to see more. That's my point. I'm excited too. Brian from San Antonio, Texas says, after devouring the A Song of Fire and Ice... That was two direct articles in a row. After devouring the A Song of Fire and Ice books a few (laughs) months back, I've noticed my life has a distinct lack of fantasy comics. I know that there were a few noticeable examples in recent years like Mike Carey's Lucifer, Jason Aaron's Thor, and James Soko's underrated Orkstain. Beyond those two titles, every fantasy comic that I can think of is usually some form of urban fantasy. So where can a guy go to scratch the epic fantasy itch while still reading a book with pretty pictures and word balloons? Balloons... Mouse Guard,
2: Cerebus, read Cerebus. See the forever. thing is, like, if you're like straight up epic fantasy, yeah, I don't think is that typical. It's not a for, popular for genre for comics, comics right now. It's more for younger readers. Um, there's so stuff like Mouse Guard and um, Spera, uh from Archaea by Josh Tierney and a whole bunch of different artists. It's it's a web comic, and then they put them. There's two hardcovers out, and I really recommend those. And it's it's two female characters, and it's Two different, like the sort of Disney princess version, and then the and then the other princess who is the more like the traditional knight male kind of role, and it's it's all different kinds of artists. Uh, I would recommend that. I, I miss Orkstein. I it's, love that book. I wouldn't say it's underrated. It was under. It was
1: it was very it was no. very highly rated in, in a critical community. It just wasn't mm-hmm. very per- purchased in the fan community. Yeah. Um. So are we, are we just are we how are we Defining fantasy, it's a well th- epic
2: Fantasy, like Game of Thrones kind of fantasy, um, like castles and knights and stuff, and and, and, and not Saribus. Sure,
0: there's
1: 20, I mean that's the there's twenty five super giant volumes of it. It'll take you a long.
0: There's, time to There's three hundred issues of that, yeah. and that's I mean it went all over the place, but that's what it was, you know, because there was nothing else that existed like that. I and mean, you go back and look for shorter examples if you wanted to look up uh, Frazetta books, you know, it's what he did, or if you wanted
2: to look up. There's, there's no shortage of Conan comics from yeah, I was various gonna say, eras. You
1: call Conan the,
0: the new Conan yeah,
2: you get that big Dark Horse collection that's coming out this Christmas. It's like 1,200 pages or something like that.
0: But, you know, the thing about, you know, the the George R. R. Martin books is they're a little bit of a, a
2: hybrid, you know, in terms of,
0: you know, they've got the swords and dragons and things like that, but there's also a massive soap opera element to it. I don't know if those. That's things
2: true, are. but I, th- I think he's just saying he it, he doesn't want urban fantasy, which is more like the Dresden Files, and like like Constantine would kind of fit in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, he's not just after sorceries, after medieval medieval. I think that's I think that's what he's asking for. There's
0: not a big chunk though outside of those things we've talked about. There's thing you know there's the all ages version with Scott Chandler's Three Thieves. That's something you could look into.
1: There's also well. You'd think that with the popularity of the, the the books and TV shows, there would be more exploration of that genre, but there really. Isn't. We'll be getting.
2: Yeah, you know what? You'd think there'd be more dragon stuff, but uh, there is a book from Dar- I just went on my shelves. Uh, Dark Horse Dragon Arrow. That's not a real book. <laughs> dragon <Luke>.
0: Arrow.
1: <laughs> no dragon way Arrow. That's a real book.
2: There is there is a there is straight up an orc with a with a broad axe on the front of this book, and there's a guy with a sword, and it's by Luca Enoch. Stefano Vietti. This is obviously something that was sent to me and I never actually read, but it looks pretty good and I think I might read it now. How about Farfad and the Grey Mouser, the Fritz Lieber story, which was uh, adapted to comics by Howard Shakin and Mike Mignola?
0: Mm. I read that a long time ago. I don't remember anything about
2: it. It's some more like early um, Mignola. Farfad. Farford and the Grey Mouser. It's about uh, thieves. There's one big dude and one littler dude. Uh, and there's an octopus on the front. Um, Would you those are recommend
0: good. Watchmen? I mean, yes, in a general
1: sense. <laughs> oh, okay.
2: not answering that
1: question. Just making sure you're still... I'm just looking at my shelf trying to think,
2: and there's really not... They just put out a book from Vertigo. There's a number one we didn't talk about at uh, Hinterkins by Ian Edgington and Francesco Trafogli. and it is a dystopian book, but... When it's, it's, uh, it's not about the end of the world, it's about the end of the human race. And now the old fairy folk have returned. So it's that's specifically urban, though. Uh, <laughs> it's in New York City. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. You literally it, can't it, get more urban.
0: It's, it's a pop. It's I Am Legend, but with right. trolls.
2: There still might be something in there for him. I don't know. Listen.
0: You can't find exactly the Game of Thrones thing, which is why it's Game of Thrones, even though that's not... There are Game of Thrones
2: comics. We
1: this just read the sort books, so though. the Hedge Knight. Yeah. What, would, you, would you stretch to, like, Northlanders? I mean, it's not I fantasy, would. but it's...
2: I mean, it depends on what you want, but... It's but swords
1: that, and people with axes fighting, and...
0: I mean, the best part's out of... For me, the best part of the Barton stuff is, is, is the, the fucking? non-magic stuff. Well, I, that's in the show, if oh, okay. I was talking about the you yeah, like the incest.
2: All right. I, I,
0: you know, obviously who, who does, listen, we all get our thrills. Listen, they're two attractive people. What are you going to do? Do you they're have very any blonde?
2: Yeah, sort of. Is it like a VC Andrews thing going on up in the end. No,
0: I don't. You're making a lot of literary references. I can't keep up with anymore. I'm sorry. And I think you're just showing off. I am. And I want you to know that nobody out there listening knows who you're talking about. You have access to so. Wikipedia, man. I can, I I would be typing and stuff right the whole time.
1: She <laughs> doesn't know what we're talking about anymore. What part of the show are we on?
0: So tired. <laughs> so,
1: those it's are some, the new hot. <laughs> tired is the new hot. So Brian, those are the suggestions. Uh, we had a lot of them in there. No, I don't think there's anything exactly what you're looking for currently being published. I could be wrong. If you if if you know something that we don't know about. Please uh, go to the comment section. I'm sure there's. Yeah, let something. us know in the comments because yeah, I'd like to read some not of that stuff. Not necessarily you, no, Brian, since you would know you wouldn't either write the answer, but question. But if you know, listener out there, uh, go to the comment section. Tell us what's being produced in fantasy, non urban fantasy right now, which means non New York. Epic
2: fantasy. Let us know That's post New York. There's no such thing as post
1: New York.
0: In New York, they were walking between cars. <laughs> the cars <laughs> didn't They're work. In Central Park. It's still an obstacle. They went to the bridge. Which bridge, Which Josh? Triborough. I think they called it the no. They called it the Queensboro Bridge. It went to fifty nine. Oh, that's
1: bridge. the Ed Koch Bridge now. See, they've all got new names, but no one. Wait, calls they them changed that. that one? Yes, it's
0: the Ed Koch Bridge. It has three names now. Exactly. They got bows and arrows and stuff, and 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 still the Kosciuszko stands, <laughs> a monument to modern inefficiency. inefficiency. Awful. <laughs> oh God. I don't think people like it when we get really regional I don't give a fuck I drove on that bridge four times a day at one point for many years Connor Connor lived con- I shit you not Connor lived between seven and eight miles away from me and there were times where it took me three hours to drive to or from him to, to where I lived three hours it's not good urban planning who we gotta blame
1: for that Moses? Robert Moses? Bone is fantasy Bone is fantasy yeah Bone is a great example. See, we knew if Josh and I vamped for long enough, Paul. You would find another answer.
2: Hinterkin still counts. A unicorn gets its head blown off in this book.
1: But is it in an urban setting?
2: Spoiler. Yes.
1: Contact at iFanboy.com is where you write us. 888Fanboys3262697 <laughs> is where you call us to get Elf your Quest. questions on the show.
0: You know what? We, we are no experts on this. None of us, you know, I'm Fantasy, sure there are books. Not a huge I'm Googling genre shit right now. I'm just. That's that's Just why we're trying we have a to be show. helpful. So we're gonna write us and we'll Google some shit. Grimm's so fairy tales. So we All order right. you a pizza. All right,
1: enough. All right, so we got a couple of shows, other shows that came out this week. Just mentioned last time, Paul and I did an Agents of Shield show that's still on there, still relevant. There's only been a couple of episodes. Check it out. I enjoyed the second episode much more than I enjoyed the first
2: episode. As did I. Show.
1: Paul finally got to put out his Booksplode show. Tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, we
2: have a Booksplode slash uh with Scott Snyder talking about Batman Year 100 and how it influences his work and continues to influence his work on uh, Batman Zero Year. Um, so that's fun.
1: And uh, uh, Fuzzy Typewriter, you wrapped up your Breaking Bad recap. Not yet. Not yet.
2: We're doing an epilogue show. How we long to... can we squeeze the juice out of this There's. Lemon? I have one more. And I did one on the finale, and uh, David Acampo and my friend Jay Stringer did their own one, and so there's a lot of Breaking Bad. There's a lot to talk about. It's a, this is a monumental, you know, thing. What's
0: your favorite show of all time?
2: Um, I think it's the most consistent of my favorite shows. Like I love West Wing, but I can't say that West Wing sticks the landing entirely. I'm Even though it gets of, good by the end,
0: I'm almost out of season five. It's it's just the forest for the trees, man.
2: The the wire <laughs> doesn't stick the landing. You know, like season yes. five is rough. So that's not their fault. And but they, I, lost,
0: they lost three episodes anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, well, the final episode
1: of the wire is really good, though.
0: No, their final season montage um, is always yeah, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think if they'd had those three other episodes in that season, then you wouldn't be saying that. I think it was really difficult to watch everything that, that McNulty did. I'm not saying that it's horrible. I just I'm just just saying that it's not.
2: Okay, it's
0: fine. I I need to get it out because on anybody else's scale, that's a that's a bunch of great TV. But just it came after season four, which is along with Justified season two, the finest
2: uh, season of television ever produced. Yes, make the noise that Snoop makes. Wait, oh, it creeps uh, you out. Yep, yep, yep,
0: yep, yep, yep. Um. I was on a podcast. Oh, well, yes, you were. I was on the Nerd Geek Dork podcast. I've been meaning to talk to them about that name, too. You made that uh, up. No. We talked about Jaws, and we talked about Jaws with so many people in for so long that they had to make it into two episodes.
2: So... it's your first time watching it?
1: Part one came out this week. I listened to it this week. It was, it was very enjoyable. Josh dominates the conversation, as Josh tends <laughs> to do. No matter, how, no matter how many people are in that podcast, which I think they were ten, I'm not quite sure. It was five. Josh dominated
2: I learned, One guy dropped off. I learned on Facebook this week in, in trivia that uh, Cabot Cove the bay is actually the, uh, the recreation of Amityville uh, for the Jaws ride hmm. Amity as you know means friendship
1: anyway <laughs> Josh, listen, go listen to Josh talk about Jaws that was a really interesting entertaining discussion
0: yeah. uh, look forward to part
1: 2 next week listen to Paul talk about Breaking Bad and Fuzzy Typewriter listen to Paul and Scott Snyder talk about Batman Year One on the Booksplode listen to me and talk about Year 100 whatever uh, listen to
2: Paul and I talk about Marvel Agents of Shield. You were off by ninety nine years, so I just in the don't...
1: in the ge- in the you know geo- global sense global sense in the historical sense. What is that word? I can't think of.
0: I don't know. We're it's... so tired. <laughs>
1: I used to, to have geological access? sense. In the geological sense, That's, I can't access my brain. Yeah, that more. might be true. It doesn't really mean much. Ninety nine years. Those are the shows. It means a lot to us while we're here. Head over to fanboy.com to comment on this show, find all those shows we just mentioned, well, the ones anyway that we produce, as well as follow us on twitter.com slash fanboy, Facebook.com slash fanboy. That is more important now since we're going to be tweeting out the picks and Facebooking the picks as they are made. So you'll you'll get a sense of how long it's taking us now to make the pick of the week.
2: Yeah. I'm
0: you, not hurrying for you
1: though. No. So go <laughs> do those things. <laughs> you could you know when there are like words in your head and
0: you want to access them and you just I can't? can't do it. I hate it.
1: I'm getting dumber. Dumber by the moment.
0: Yeah. And dumber. You can email at contact@fanboy.com or leave a voicemail at fanboys which is 326 Did you follow that? I said I it did. real fast. I leave did, contact. but I'm
2: biased because I'm used to it. Concerns. Topics. Again, and I'm I haven't, I haven't mentioned
0: you. this for a while. 800-FANBOYS is a whole other experience. All right, it is. I wonder if it still is. I bet it is. I don't know. Do they still have phone sex? Is that a thing? Yes. Okay.
1: I think so. I don't know. I saw a movie about it recently. Girl 6? No, it was... A- John Locke
2: used it. All right. Before... Yeah, but Holland. that was... That was a while ago. Yeah. It's like 2005.
1: Listen, Paul, finish it up.
2: If you dig us, write us a review on iTunes, or better yet, tell your friends about us, introduce your mom to podcasts, spread it all around. Ew. All around...
1: The show's weird.
2: It is Look, weird. Look, there's no, there's it no denying
1: like- it. We can only apologize.
2: I'm not it sorry. Got, it got
1: weird. It got weird early and just stayed weird the whole time.
2: Uh, they're, they're sick. They want it. Jesus. <laughs> they keep tuning in. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you freaks. You might not like it, but you take it every time.
1: Anyway, you know, sometimes the show will get weird. That's just the way it goes.
2: It's been a long week.
1: That's it for this week. I'm Connor.
2: I'm Paul.
0: Y'all know my name. <laughs> How I earn a living. Is it Sharkin? Sharkin. Talking about going to the pond, catching bluegills. Tommy Cox. Tommy Cods?
2: Cox, <laughs> Cox, Cox, Cox. No, it's not. It's Tommy Cox. Cox. No, it's not.
0: It's Tommy Cods. He might be right, but I don't care. He says Cox. No, he does. That whole scene is the most ridiculous scene in the movie. Wait, no, not that one. The one when he's in his when he's when he's in his cabin.
1: Yes, man,
0: that one documentary told us all about Netley. It was great.
1: I'm googling Tommy Cod's.
2: I think I think Paul's right.
1: Oh, it is a Tommy Cod
2: because a cod is a fish. Cox, not fish.
1: For 35 years, I've been
0: saying Tommy Cox. Yeah, I was. I was, and also, you know, like he's just he's he's jabbering semen nonsense. <laughs> Somebody, somebody call in with the
2: pronunciation of, of Tommy Cox.
0: Siemens nonsense. Also, if you Google Tommy
2: Cox. uh, yeah, just... I, think, I think that's a Stephen King novel. Tommy Cockers. Goodbye, everybody. You're on a different road. I'm in the Milky Way. You want me down on Earth, but I am up in space. You're so damn hard to please. We gotta kill this. You're from the 70s, but I...